This week, in twos is an idiot. I'm out walking the dog, walking down the street. And actually, let me rewind a second. So, my... Did we just get you to say twos is an idiot with no sound clip in the back? No, I'm good, thanks. Damn. with the sound. <laughs> so, the zipper on my regular ass winter jacket bus. Pretty please? Can we pretty please have you say Tuesday's the name? Can I just oh. tell this damn story? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> zipper bus, and I'm walking the dog, and I've got my work jacket on. And so take them outside, and I reach in, and I'm like, okay, I got poop bags. We're good to go. Walking them around a few blocks and whatnot. He does his business. I reach in, and I realize that those aren't poop bags. Those are nitrile gloves. So I'm several blocks away from home with no poop bags and just a rubber glove. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, well, I mean, I'm not just going to leave this giant dog shit sitting there. So I pick it up. I put the glove on and I pick it up. And then I've got to walk all the way back across town, holding this out like it's some kind of a, a chalice that I'm holding up to, to the heavens. And... You know, people driving by, waving, and I'm, you know, kind of acknowledging them with my fistful of dog shit. And I walk all the way back, and I get home, and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know what? I'm just going to set this down here real quick, and then in the backyard, and go in and grab a uh, a bag for, for the dog poop, and then I can bag it up and throw it away. And so then I'm thinking, okay, well, take the glove off. And then I think, okay, well, I don't really need that second glove at this point. So I go to reach, pull it out of my pocket, and out comes a dog shit bag. So I walked all across town, waving at neighbors with a fistful of dog shit. And then I got home and realized I had a bag the whole time. Hughes is an idiot. There you go. Hughes is an idiot. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Chef 94. Check your pockets, folks. Check your pockets. Uh, Mashup 94. We all know who's sitting off to my right there, boys and girls. That's that's what's yeah. up this week. You know, Ryan Cry baby. Yep. Oh boy. Oh boy. Let's let's not go there. Okay. This guy was a gem oh. to watch. Gem to watch. Yeah. It's it's weird to see not see his eyes leaking. Mm-hmm. You know, you can offend me on pretty much anyone, you know, a lot of different people. Ryan Smith, get out of here, twos. All right. All right. All right. Kick me out. Shoo. Now, okay. have a good show. <laughs> Mashup 94 brought to you by AMC Electrical. Uh, Sir Twos, what do you have to say this week? He did leave I mean, it up to I, your imagination. I think, I think I just said quite a bit. But if we want to look at. The uh, AMC Electrical, where was that? We got a text from him, and he had a suggestion. He wanted us to update the ad read a tiny He said bit. AMC just isn't an oil and gas service company, too. He said they also specialize in commercial and agricultural. Whether you're building a new shop, need to upgrade your business to LED lighting, or need a grain dryer installed, give us a call. Use your imagination, LOL. So the next time 
you want to build something that can capture lightning on a clock tower and put 1.21 gigawatts into a flux capacitor, they're the guys to set it up. Okay. The next time you want to get a bolt of lightning to bring a conglomeration of reanimated corpses back to life before you could chase them around with pitchforks, he's the guy you call. <laughs> lightning in his hands, this man. There you go. AMC he electrical. He'll build you a giant Tesla coil that'll make everybody for a hundred miles in every direction make all their hair stand on end. Like Drew literally I, I, tells twos in a text message, uses his imagination. I'm like, that was a very poor choice of words. This um, is the guy who invented electricity, and he can come <laughs> give more of it to you. AMCelectrical.ca. That's where you can find Drew and everything. Uh, every which way to get a hold of them and everything mm -hmm. they do. That's the best way to do it. AMCelectrical.ca. Thanks, Drew, for uh, being Thanks. February's sponsor. And I was really impressed to hear that you fought off a grizzly bear the other week. Fam family day uh today uh Tuesday. with a taser that you built from scratch <laughs> family day today did you do anything did you do anything with the kids uh not all of them but yes we uh yeah, went we out to the mountains we went to uh bud miller park here in lloydminster did a little uh sleigh ride thought right. it was a thought it was dece it was a beautiful day um you know who isn't having a beautiful day the coots too They've been locked up for 736 days now. Just uh, Yeah, I feel like all the, the people in the remand center are pretty much their family at this point, though. So, you know. Yeah, well, there's that. Okay, shall we get on to today's show? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. What do Histor we got? Historians will call these the dumb ages. Ah, uh, boy. Okay, uh, we got multiple stories here. First, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry schmoozed with Canadian politicians and celebrities at the Ind Invictus Games one year to go dinner in Vancouver Friday night. Okay, I just wanted to just just let's focus on the headline for a second. Prince Harry hailed a visionary as he and glam Meghan Markle mingle with Canadian elites at Invictus Banquet. <laughs> Correct. Okay. City News Calgary. Nearly one third of Albertans believe the proposed policy changes regarding care or transgendered youth are an attack on them and represent a danger. A recent poll by Ledger reads. Or alternately, you could say that two thirds of them don't. CTV News. Now, the 81 year old stands at the precipice. In 2020, his battle was over the soul of this nation. But now, before he can adequately go into battle one last time, he must first do battle within, come to terms with his age, accept the infirmities and ailments that come with being elderly. Of course, we're talking about Joe Biden. Yeah. Puff piece basically talking like, well, you know what? It's not so bad that he sometimes forgets where he is or what he's doing or what the fuck's going on. You know, it's he's old and that's expected and he should embrace it. Fuck no. You do not give nuclear launch codes to a guy who can't remember what fucking year it is. Twice in the past couple weeks, he has been talking about people who died in the 90s and forgetting that they're no longer in charge of different countries. He totally lost himself in the middle of a speech, which he does every week. So it's not even news. You know, when you're you know, when you're reaching that like middle teen years and older people will say something like I've forgotten more than you'll ever know. This guy literally has 
Toronto Star, nobody is saying Poliev is a, in Putin's pocket. Nobody's saying he or Canada's conservatives are aligned with Putin as Donald Trump or House Republicans who might lose the war for Ukraine by cutting off military support. But Canada's conservative movement is sliding in that direction, and it's not hidden. Really, it may not even be that complicated. Canada's federal conservatives clearly feel the need to pull in votes from the People's Party of Canada, the far-right Bulaba of anti-vaccine, anti-lockdown, anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQ, they didn't even put in the 2SLIA plus they're doing it wrong. Conspiracy embracing views. I want to say something right now. I am sick and tired of people saying anti-lockdown as though it's some sort of a bad thing. Because here's the thing is if anti-lockdown is not the logical choice, then you should be pro-lockdown today moving forward. So unless you're going to say, let's close everything right the fuck back up again, you need to take your L and realize that the anti-lockdown people were fucking right. Well, then then I'll add one more. The anti-vaccine crowd, uh, unless you're getting the, the last men standing at this point, unless you're getting the seventh booster and haven't stopped. Yeah, you're a part of us. So, I mean, like, what welcome we, to the tribe. Welcome to the tribe. Right. Who? Here we go. OK, be been fishing. And uh, this is just, just a, yeah. I just saw this. Who are we and kidding? It was a beauty fucking picture. So if you're so if you're listening, it looks like black strap. It's 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 literally a grain bin. Somebody made a nice fishing shack out of a out grain of a grain bin. bin. That and it, it looks like it's on black strap, but you can't tell exactly. That's fantastic. Uh, where <laughs> where we're going, we don't need roads. And I gave it a capital H. What are you going to do? Environment and climate change minister Stephen Gibbal made an appearance at a fundraising luncheon in Montreal via, via video link as he touted public transit and criticized government for expanding road networks. Adding new roads and new lanes on existing roads encourages more congestion and car uses, uh, use, the former Greenpeace activist said. Our government has made the decision to stop investing in new road infrastructure. Of course, he was quoted again, of course, we will continue to be there for cities, provinces, and territories to maintain the existing network, but there will be no more envelopes from the federal government to enlarge the road yeah. network and he finally said the <laughs> analysis how he didn't talk about envelopes that go for other things that's right the analysis we have done is that the network is perfectly adequate to respond to the needs we have and thanks to a mix of investment in active and public transit transit and in territorial planning and densification we can very well achieve our goals of economic social and human development without more enlargement of the road network sean how many houses are we building in the next few years? Uh, how many? Lots. Yeah, yeah. Not lots. enough, but lots. lots. Not enough, but lots. What is directly in front of the sidewalk in front of every fucking house that gets built? Um, I'm going to say public transit. No, under, public under this. transit. Yeah, yeah. And We're, what does that right operate now, on? It's a road. A road. A road. Okay. So Stephen Gayball, Stephen Gayball's. The, the environment and climate change minister who's absolutely fucking loony. But listen to what he says, though. Of course. No, no, no. Listen to what he says, though, too. You're saying we're going to build new, more houses. Where are we going to build those folks? We're going to build them in cities. He says, of course, we will continue to be there for cities. For cities. We're just going to build up. Yes. Houses on top of yes. houses. What Territorial planning okay. and densification. Listen, this That's, is the guy. He's going to jam us all in. flew to Egypt. A couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, I guess, you know, flies off here, flies off there. Listen, Stephen Gubal, 
just because you fucking fly everywhere doesn't mean we do too. We still got to have something to put some tires on you, dick. <laughs> Why does Edmonton love Halloween? Pumpkin. See, pumpkin. Pumpkin. It's an old uh, joke. <laughs> In January, Nick Wilson, a Kentucky state legislator who achieved re reality TV fame for winning Survivor in 2018. This would totally happen in Kentucky, by the created way. A friend, created a frenzy on social media when he sponsored a bill that removed first cousin from the list of incestuous family relations. Mr. Wilson said that the omission was a mistake, of course, and the bill was quickly withdrawn. The new draft put first cousin back on the list of criminal sexual relations alongside parent, sibling, grandchild, and other blood relatives. Yeah. Can I just say before so, we go any further, this is probably the most, this has been the strangest week of news headlines that you've given me. And it starts from here and it doesn't stop until we're done. Okay. But this is, this is pretty tame as far as the rest of it goes. Basically, True. you've got this economist article trying to talk about, Hey, you know what? I mean, it's not super bad to bang your cousin. And, uh, this is, <laughs> this is what's going on. And of course it's in fucking Kentucky. So, Hey, Great news for any Manitobans listening. The tides are changing. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So what's the furthest you've ever gone with one of your cousins, Sean? What? What the hell are you talking about? Oh, you should see, for those of you listening, he is bright fucking red right this now. This is the most ridiculous. I, this is the most. He is. He's not even answering the All question. Right. He's just dodging yeah, it. Okay. Dodging. All right. I'm dodging it right now. I have gone nowhere with any of my first cousins, too. Is there, so is you got shot down. For... Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, D.E. Wait a second. Twos, how far <laughs> have you gone with your first cousin? With my first cousins? No, no nothing. Hmm. Interesting. DEI research released. There's there's no evidence that like what the fuck like oh boy I can't even believe this is part of yeah anyway. keep it together lock I, it up lock I it can't, up I can't believe this is a headline anyway there's no evidence that diversity equity inclusion um, initiatives reduce prejudice and they may even increase it says a Canadian professor who reviewed decades of research for a new report proponents of DEI instruction make the bold claim that it works that is. They claim that it's effective and in changing behavior toward the positive. The claim is not supported by the empirical evidence. The study's author, Laurier Professor David Haskell, said in a press release announcing his findings. That's clear empirical evidence that certain aspects of DEI instruction lead to greater prejudice and even harm. Yeah, isn't it weird how when you make everything focused on race, that becomes the thing that people worry about? This is honestly okay two things surprise me one is how incredibly common sense this is and how like you had to actually get a study to say that when all you focus on is race that's all anybody worries about and the second thing is i can't believe that this study actually got funding union becomes strong arm of the left now this is a doozy this is a doozy Okay, this is an email from back in December that gets really uh, leaked to today. This is this is the story. The Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation local for the Kingston area Limestone District School Board sent its union members a member update, member update, mm -hmm. a warning of potential discipline for violating human rights. It was sent to union members this past December by chief negotiator for the Federation, John Vince. There is some speech 
slash actions that members may not know could result in discipline. We've asked the board to inform staff of what speech cannot be said in Ontario and or the LDSB, and they have indicated they are working on this. In the absence of this training, below are some examples of speech and or actions that if uttered, performed, and worksite could result in discipline, okay? I've grabbed a few of the ones where I'm like, oh, the opinion that a woman who have gone through male puberty should not participate in women's sport. Okay. Thinking that uttering that discipline, the opinion that women who have male reproductive organs, example, a penis, women who have a penis. Yeah. Correct. May make some women uncomfortable in chain rooms or washrooms. Utter that discipline. The notion that there are only two genders discipline. The idea that keeping secrets from parents, guardians is bad. Using many euphemisms, euphemisms and idioms such as long time no see i get lynched blind spot hit it out of the park no can do etc okay did you hear i don't know a year or two ago there was somebody, no, no, no 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 this is this directly related to this one but a okay. year or two ago somebody at a university got fired because they wrote the words chink in their armor because it's not. talking about how you know if, if there's a weakness like a, a weakness in the armor is often called a chink in the armor, okay. but they're like, Oh, that's a, you know? And so anyway, um, you apparently can't talk about samurais. Referring to a person using labels example, don't label someone as deaf, but rather as a person who is experiencing hearing impairment, don't label someone as a murderer, but rather a person who experienced ending another person's life. I want to throw myself out of the room tonight. Uh, twos. I don't, I can't imagine. I, I, I look at this and I read it and I'm like, this has to be like somebody having too much fun and, and, and like having a joke. Right. Like, I mean, this, this is literally, you can't, it's not a murderer. Someone who's experienced ending another person's life. We've gone to La La Land out in Ontario. Okay. Read the oh, Aboriginal no, one. It's, it's the next one afterwards. If you don't have it up, I don't have it up. Here. Okay. All right. Saying Aboriginal, since the prefix ab means non and could be interpreted to mean Aboriginal, to mean non-original to Turtle Island. Okay. Now, here is the thing. Turtle Island is a small island just outside of Lake Huron. And here is Turtle Island. They need to be specifically worried about the ab prefix for the people on this island. If you count... Every time there's a dock, there's a house all the way around. There's about 17 docks for about Gotta worry about buildings. Turtle Island. One of them is a shed. <laughs> they specifically are worried about offending the, I don't know, maybe 10 school-age inhabitants of this island. Yeah, boy. I don't. Even, I, I don't even know. Okay, let's let's just. Can we just carry on to the absurdity okay, well, of this hopefully week? Hopefully, things get a little bit more sane. What do you have next, Sean? The acorn heard around the world. New body cam footage. Uh, this was painful to watch. too. this was like <laughs> I suffered through it. And there was ten minutes. There was three minutes of the guy, and then another. Uh, I'll read the story. New body cam footage shows. Akaloosa, Okaloosa County, Florida. Deputy Jesse Hernandez declaring shots fired, and I'm hit and shooting at the handcuffed, unarmed suspect inside of his police car. He had not been shot. Rather, it was determined that he heard an acorn drop onto the car. Both so, Deputy Hernandez and... Oh, no, it doesn't matter. 
Okay. The video is insane because he fires off a full clip and sits there acting like he's Magazine, shot. But yes. Yep. Acting like he's shot for two minutes. Yeah. Until the so, sheriff show up and he's like, I, I maybe it hit my maybe it hit my vest. I don't know. So I mean, here's I, I, what here's the so there's this little chink that goes off the hood of his car. Cancel us for that. And then he goes. I'm hit. I'm hit. He does a double roll, not double. not in quick succession either. Very poorly done. Gets up, unloads his entire mag into the back of his cop car, where there's a guy sitting there in cuffs. In cuffs. The next shop sh cop shows up, unloads on the car too. Not a single one of them hit the guy. Well, that's why we get to laugh about this, right? Because like literally, the guy is getting shelled, handcuffed, and it's because the of an acorn dropping off. In recent memory is the fact that they suck at their job so much that it's making the public safer. It finally went on to say both Deputy Hernandez and Sergeant Roberts were cleared of criminal wrongdoing after the shooting prompted by an acorn falling on their police car. Hernandez, whoever, who erroneously said, I'm hit, resigned from the sheriff's department. So, um, yeah, he's he's gone. Yep. This is this is this is great. Uh, when when you're pulled over under an oak tree, you know. And then there's the key and peel sketch where the dude's sweating. Yeah. And then uh, you, you got, got the meme with uh, differences between, uh, between this picture and between this picture and this picture. It's a gun and an acorn. And she says they're the same picture. So yeah, you, yeah, uh, there was a lot of them. Uh, the one thing I really liked was one guy pointed out that buried in the statement. So it was a woman who responded to this call of the uh, female cop responding to the male cop being shot. And, she says, as I'm deciding to shoot myself, poor choice of words, I'm thinking in the back of the head, poor choice of words, how the hell am I going to drag him out of the road? So not a great, I, either she's either she's trying to Clinton herself or English isn't awesome for her. And then she, her first thought is, is like, this cop is shot. He's too big for me to drag him off the road. E maybe not a great admission to have as a diversity hire. Pulleyev's polling data has arrived. All right, here we go. We'll pull up the tweet. Uh, it says nearly half of Canadians believe gender reassignment surgery for minors should be prohibited and support bans on hormone hormone. I don't know why that word sounds so weird tonight. Prescriptions for children, according to a new national survey of more than 2,000 Canadians, roughly 5 in 10 Canadians, 45%, support a blanket ban on gender reassignment surgery for minors. Now, the most popular response in the category. Yeah. Pierre Polyev, who, while doing a good job of dunking on idiot reporters, to be absolutely fair, totally dodged answering their questions for several days. And then when the polling data comes out, he's like, oh, this is something I can get behind. And so he tweets about it. Canadian support Premier Smith's common sense protection of children. Trudeau must butt out. But if you go before the polling data had been released, he was very skilled at it. And like I said, he did a good job of pointing out how much the legacy media sucks. But at the same time, he was dodging their questions. I have nothing more to answer. They're politicians. That's what they do. Yep. That's that's all they do, if we've learned anything on this show. We're going to need more tin foil. You don't say. Researchers at McMaster University discovered that schools and daycares were not found to be significant places of high transmission rates for COVID-19. 
a finding standing in stark contrast with decisions by governments to close schools. Children oh, were isn't that interesting? Isn't that I wonder, interesting? I wonder I wonder how the anti-lock anti anti-lockdown crowd is handling all this. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's just it doesn't so matter. McMaster University is anti In case you now. were wondering, children were removed yeah. from the school several times over three consecutive school years in Ontario for a minimum of 135 days of school missed. This is so strange. This is so weird. Why didn't anybody tell us that these this was I don't a know. bad idea? I don't Why know. didn't anybody speak up? I don't know. Huh. Sounded like a great idea. Like, I mean, yeah. I was all for it. Lock them down. We lock those lock little down human again. beings down. Ask them. That's going to save us all. Yep. Liberal MPs are out to lunch on cost of food. Uh, how about we pull up the... Uh, here, we'll here I got it. Or, yeah, either way. Don't matter. Uh, so, yeah, touchdown in Malaysia. Lawrence McCauley is MP for Cardigan, which is in PEI. And Canada's Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food, because they've got almost as many potatoes as Ireland, depending on the year. <laughs> that was a dark one. Um, anyway, he's, and he's eating, he's eating a giant lobster. So he touched down in Malaysia. I'm looking forward to a productive week of meeting with officials, industry leaders, and partners from Canada, the Indo-Pacific to promote our world class products like the lobster I enjoyed for lunch in Kuala Lumpur. So apparently he got Canadian lobster in Malaysia. If you're flying there already, just bring a fucking lobster with you. Okay. And then here, if we're going to check this out. Uh, 2.7 thousand comments, 868 tweets, and 521 likes. So ratioed into oblivion. This guy, the best comment I saw in here was saying that this guy is completely out to lunch. And he absolutely is. This is fucking insane. You got record lineups at food banks. People trying to decide which bills they're going to pay this month. Working more than they've ever worked. Keeping less than they ever have. And he's just like, Oh, yeah, I'm just going to expense some lobster. Fuck that guy. <laughs> jury, or judge, jury, executioner. A Pennsylvania judge. Here, and I'm going to. Oh, and then I deleted it. Ah, whatever. A Pennsylvania. Right, I got it. Perfect. Pull up, pull up with a picture of this lady. A Pennsylvania. Scroll down too. Scroll down. Let's get a better snapshot of this lady. There, there she is. A Pennsylvania judge allegedly shot her boyfriend in the head while he slept before she tried convincing him that he had shot himself as he lay blinded in one eye. In the so arrest, he actually shot her. She actually shot him inside one temple. It exited the other temple, and all he lost was sight in one eye. Correct. It's interesting. I mean. <laughs> it said in the arrest affidavit that McCoy had tried numerous times to end his one-year relationship with McKnight, the judge, as well as trying to get her to move out of his home before she allegedly attempted to kill him. Uh, and then she she tried convincing him that she he'd shot himself, yeah. except the gun was registered to McKnight, the judge, and was she was found which was found on scene, and she was found to have gunshot residue on her hands only an hour after the shooting, according to it. <laughs> Yeah, so she's this been is our a judge. Oh, this is a judge boy. in the states who basically just this dude was like, "Get the fuck off my couch. We're not together anymore. Leave." And she's like, "All right, well, I'm just gonna murder you. What's the worst that could like? What was her plan? How does she possibly think she can get out of this? Is what I and why not follow up with a second bullet? <laughs> okay, no, 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 because we haven't even got to the best part." 
We haven't even got to the best part. All right, here we go. In 2019, McKnight shot her estranged husband, Enoch McKnight, in his groin after asking him to come to her home to help her move furniture. The couple married in 2014, but had filed for divorce two years later. However, the divorce was still pending at the time of the shooting, which was ruled to be self-defense as the pair were in the midst of a domestic dispute. Okay, first off, you don't shoot guys in the dick at all. All right. The only person who's ever done that and look cool was RoboCop. Just don't, don't, don't. Secondly, this is the kind of thing that maybe you should ask about. If you're if you're out there and you're gonna start seeing some new girl, it's it's a fair question. How many men have you shot in the dick? And if the answer is anywhere other than zero, you need to reconsider because that could be your dick or apparently your fucking head. Okay, but this is the warning signs were all there, right? Like this, it it takes a special kind of sick and twisted person to punch somebody or to, to shoot somebody in the dick, right? That's you don't go anywhere. I near tell you that. what, I tell you what, I'm you gonna know? I'm gonna take your shooting a man in the dick, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say gonna... this this guy you could probably do that too. This guy you probably could. Yeah. Would you Would yeah. you agree with that, Tuz? Yeah, we could shoot that guy. Canadian tourists charged with abducting and raping an 80-year-old grandmother with Alzheimer's at a luxurious Bahamas resort. I think that fits the bill, doesn't it? Yep. Gordon Wilkie, 61, out of New Waterford, Nova Scotia, was arrested and charged with rape in the shocking incident on January 28th at the Warwick Hotel Paradise Island, Bahamas. Yeah, so he basically just kidnapped an 80-year-old woman with Alzheimer's Took her back to his room. There she is. Her, and uh, and then and then got caught by uh, a homeland security guy by the name of Tom Justice. Yeah, I know he had a sweet name. Oh, it was just like this is this is like an eighties action movie. Like Tom Justice is just trying to get away from it all. Here he is in the Bahamas when things suddenly go wrong. Boop, 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 and now Tom Justice is seeking out to give some justice of his own. But I'm seriously, a- though, seriously, though, this dude who is a professor at a community college and teaches renewable energy. Yeah, you know how. All right. Here's, here's the other point I wanted to make is that this guy, you know how they'll be like, oh, white supremacists support Trump. Therefore, Trump's a white supremacist. Okay. An 80 year old Alzheimer woman rapist. He's a big fan of green energy. He teaches about it at community or used to at a community college in Nova Scotia. So this whole like, oh, we can find one guy who supports this thing. Therefore, everybody is attached to it. True. Maybe we should take a step back. on. Could, could I could I could I give you one more? We could probably shoot in the dick. Here he is. There you go. Yeah, there's, there's another one. Uh, the Metro Vancouver Transit Police say they don't know. Uh, I should read the headline. More investigative work required. And we should probably just change it to men you'd shoot in the dick because uh, Tuz says you can't do it. And we just keep providing articles where you probably can do it. Yeah. Metro Vancouver Transit Police say they don't know if the primary suspect in a SkyTrain sexual assault is male or female, despite having recovered semen during the investigation. What do you think might give it away? Like, I, don't imagine, imagine I don't know. Imagine this is like a dime store noir um, novel from like 100 years ago. You're like, so there I was drinking. Here a is the constable and- quote: "What they said to a reporter. Mm-hmm. We've left it out for re- a reason. 
the the what the sexual like if it's a male or female. Yeah, because okay? they don't want to misgender the dude. We've left it open for reasons. It's because we don't know. The video evidence shows someone who pause would appear female who is female presenting, but the physical as evidence is that of a genetic male. And the yeah, physical evidence is 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 semen. It's food. You're like, come on, Canada. Come on, we're embarrassing ourselves right now. This is embarrassing. Zane. <sighs> Dude needs to be hung up by his toenails in a batting cage. And that was the last guy. But I feel like, without speaking for him, I feel like he'd probably be okay with either or both of them having that happen. Let me off this planet. I feel like this should There's be the There's somewhere you're just like, I don't even know where to go with this, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know. I think that was the headline, let me off this planet. I think I jumped the gun. I, I don't even know anymore. I At this point, I'm that like... Was, yeah. I, I don't know. At this point, all these headlines, I'm like, let me off this planet. Let me out. Let me out. Let me out. Anyways, uh, BlackRock sinking like a stone. JP Morgan Chase and institutional investor BlackRock and State Street Global Advisors on Thursday announced they are quitting or in the case of BlackRock, substantially scaling back involvement in a massive United Nations climate alliance formed to combat global warming through corporate sustainability agreements. Yeah, it's costing too much fucking money. And for an organization whose raison d'etre is to make fucking money, you kind of got to you, you got to step back from it because they're just they're hemorrhaging money all over the place. Right. I just I feel bad for anybody who went to business school in the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years where all they just taught you was how to cater to ESG and and to, to work on doing things exactly right. So the places like BlackRock will give you funding. You're like, well, what happens when all this goes away? Like, this seems like a really shit idea. Can you teach us just the fundamentals so that when nope. you guys, when this fad disappears, we can continue on as business people and whatnot? And they're like, no, 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 it'll be fine. You know, all the, you know what it comes to mind is like, you get a job with Victoria's Secret, you can't wait. It's like, okay, we're going to put a transgender man, male, female, whatever, it doesn't matter, in ladies' undergarments. You're like, please no. Like, this is what I signed up for. Like, this yeah. is it a good idea? No, no, no. It's going to work. It's going to work. We got to be bold. We got to be bold. Like the exact opposite of dumb and dumber, right? Where it's just like, hey, so we need a bunch of guys to come and follow us around all over the country, oiling us out. And then you're like, actually, that sounds like a really good idea. Let's get on the bus and do that. And then it's just a bunch of dudes. <laughs> like, oh. I wish the town was that way. You know, I wish the stupidity could end, folks, but we're just going to keep up picking up steam here. MS Society suffers self-sustained setback. Here's this lovely lady, okay? Right there. Lovely woman, okay? 90 years old. The National MS Society has defended firing a 90-year-old volunteer for breaching its diversity inclusion policy after she asked what pronouns were. Yeah. Fran Itkoff had served the nonprofit for multiple sclerosis patients for 60 years with her late husband running the Long Beach Lakewood chapter prior to his death. She was left stunned when her bosses forced her to step down on January 19th following an exchange with a colleague who asked her to use her pronouns in an email in email signatures. So somebody reached out and said, hey, your email doesn't have pronouns in it. Can you put some pronouns in it? And she said, what are pronouns? No, dearie. What are those? And they said, you did not just ask the question about the pronouns. Get out. She's been there for 60 fucking years, dude. Like, think about it. What was 60 years ago? 60 years ago was the 60s. <laughs> like, she started this 
before the Beach Boys started doing Beach Boys stuff. Okay, that's how long she's been working at this organization. And then she just says, well, I don't know. Could somebody please explain to me these these pronoun things so that I, I know what to put? And they're like, nope, you don't even get to ask. You could just fucking leave. And then they tried putting out a statement like, oh, yeah, it's, oh, yeah everything's yeah. fine. But but it's all it's all documented and there's pictures of it up. And they just think about how far they set back multiple sclerosis research by doing this, Sean. Um, yes. Right. I mean, so here's, this is the most ridiculous story ever. You're like, yeah. she worked there 60 years. Who's going to Who, want to volunteer there? Who's going to want to volunteer woke? there? Who's going to want to donate there? Like, would too. you would you feel more or less inclined to donate money to the MS society after having heard this story? Um, definitely less. And, exactly. uh, if Fran had come asking at your front doorstep two weeks, well, I mean, before we read this story, I would say you were likely to, to donate. She'd been yeah. there 60 years. Like, yeah. how bless that woman. Okay. Rwanda get, get me some of that secret spy Shit. A frontline Alberta RCMP officer accused of accessing police record systems and sharing information with the Republic of Rwanda has been charged as part of a national security investigation. Constable Ellie Natuju Natatuje has been charged with the breach of trust, unauthorized use of computer and breach of trust with respect to safeguarding safeguarded information. So first off, why in the fuck do we have the RCMP computers set up in such a way that a frontline constable can access information that is secret and sensitive to Rwandan intelligence? Good question. Like what, what, what the fuck possible use could that guy have for just being like, Oh, I'm just going to open up the RCMP Google. Okay. We're going to scroll past, past a bunch of pronouns. Okay. Here's a bunch of hidden evidence. And there's the Rwandan file. What in the fuck is going on at this place at this point, Sean? I don't know, Tuz. I, I, it just seems like every week we have a, a series. You know, we haven't really been beating the government up too much yet on uh, spending our money on stupid things yet. Uh, it's coming. Um, but it seems like every week we have a new police officer who's just doing shady, shady stuff on just mm -hmm. epic levels. And never did I think Rwanda would enter into it, but Rwanda saw how weak we are, and they just decided we've They're got to get in some of that action. And here we are. Let's get some. Like I'm just wondering what other countries are going to be like. We can just get pilfer. Okay, here's the thing: come Is pilfer if, Canada right now because everybody's the RCMP, doing it. RCMP, if front, if bottom rung guys at the RCMP have access to Rwandan sensitive intelligence, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that they also have access to. I don't know, about 168 other countries worth of intelligence. Sure. I just keep going like Rwanda taking ours, advantage of like us. like everybody else's. Rwanda. Rwanda's like, you know what? We... How much let's... money do we have in Rwanda? Let's, let's, let's just go take a look oh, at what Canada's got on us, shall we? You know? Right. Is gonna, I'm going gonna... to Google this. You keep talking. Well, I'm, well, well we're waiting for twos. I won't jump. No, to... jump. Who who needs enemies when we sink our own ships? We've been talking on and off about these shipping companies. All right. Canada has announced sixty-two million in developing assistance funding funding for projects in Kenya and six million in humanitarian assistance funding for people of Burundi, Rwanda, Tanzania, and Uganda. 
All right, so we're sharing. Oh yeah, you gander at that, and you're like, okay, we want to have some little bit more money. Maybe don't be such fucking dicks all the time, okay? The Royal Canadian Navy is trying to fix a series of problems on its new Arctic and offshore patrol ships, including anchors that aren't effective, a refueling system that's too heavy to use, and areas on the vessel that are leaking. In addition, the Arctic and offshore patrol ships can't perform emergency towing, as was required in the original contract, and some cranes on the vessel are inoperable. National Defense confirmed. Taxpayers are spending almost $5 billion on the six ships for the Royal Canadian Navy. The vessels are being constructed. Come with a one-year warranty. Constructed by Irving Shipbuilding, and a number have already been delivered, and they only have one year of warranty, and none of them work. Okay. All right, so we need this is as bad a story to... as getting freaking electric buses in Edmonton, and it just being an absolute tire for. Wait a second, I'm jumping script here, and that's coming too. Okay, so we go to we go to Rwanda Ship, I mean Irvine Shipbuilding, and we say. We're going to give you $6 billion for five boats or $5 billion for six. Either way, it doesn't really fucking matter too terribly much. All right? Okay. We need we need a bunch of cranes on them that work. We need to be able to tow it. And we want at least as good of a warranty as we could get on a Mazda CX-7. <laughs> and they say, get fucked. Here's what you're getting. And you say, okay, that's fine. You guys are major donors to the Liberal Party. So that should be wonderful. Okay, this is the whole Mark Norman thing all over again. Remember, Vice Admiral Mark Norman, who got basically scuttled out and besmirched all over the place and then settled the defamation out of court. This is the shit he was talking about with the Irvine built shipbuilding yard. That's a lot of money and none of it works. We do. We want to give you a boatload of money and we want to have none of it work. Can we just have none of it seaworthy? That'd be great. That'd be great. Taxpayers sued taxpayers. You know, I was waiting to get to a story where we showed just the ineptitude of government spending, but here we go. CBC's failed lawsuit against the Conservative Party during the 2019 election cost nearly $400,000. That's toss. Yep. The CBC launched a lawsuit against uh, that's, Conservative That's the CBC side of it. If I The CBC launched a lawsuit against Conservative Party in the final days before the 2019 election, accusing the party of copyright infringement for its unauthorized use of its broadcast footage in a political attack on its website and on social media. The federal court ultimately dismissed the lawsuit, arguing that there was no evidence that the segments used for partisan purposes reflected adversely on the broadcaster. The documents show that CBC's total legal fees were three fifty nine nine seventy one thirty four, and noted there were no additional expenses at the time. It had not yet received the bill from the Conservative Party, but expected it to be approximately thirty thousand dollars, as per the rate set by the federal court. The Conservatives spent thirty grand. CBC spent four hundred grand, and the Conservatives won the case. Correct. <sighs> I hate that fucking place, we're, man. We're governed by morons. Yep. Canadians continue to pay for overreaction to the Wuhan virus. Canadian manufacturers of masks and other equipment for protecting against COVID-19 are seeking more than $5 billion in damages for the federal government, saying Ottawa misled them about buying and helping sell their products. In a statement of claim filed in federal court, the companies and their industry associations allege the government made negligent misrepresentations that prompted them to invest in personal protection equipment innovations, manufacturing, and production. 
The claim alleges Canada's misrepresentation resulted in about $88 million in investment losses and a further $5.4 billion in projected lost market opportunities over a 10-year period. It further alleges the government told the companies in June 21 it would agree to a 10-year contract with the industry association and businesses to make up for the fact they've been buying protective equipment from foreign firms. Am I reading that right and thinking they thought they had 10 years of like yeah. mask they making thought, everything yep. of mandates and masks and hand sanitizer and 10 years to flatten the curve. They just thought that this would just keep going. It just keep going. Well, it was going to keep and going. as long as people had ears, they had something to hang their masks off of. Wow. I mean, that makes the Freedom Convoy even more important when you read. I mean, like, you always knew it wasn't going like, but right there, they're getting sued now because they were saying, oh, it's going to last, you know, we're going to sign up for 10 years. Yeah. That, that's the way I read that. I don't think I'm now, wrong on that. Ooh, what if they're planning on Disease X being able to carry us through the rest of it? Maybe that wasn't the Wuhan virus. I don't know, man. In 2021, June 2021, they were saying 10 more years. We're going to sign up with you for 10 more years. 10 That's more a, years. That, that, that is right as the vaccines are in full swing. Full hey, swing. And this is CTV. Here's the thing about the shit media is when they're critical of the liberals, I feel like you can trust them. Like if if they actually say something like the liberals thought this was going to go on for a goddamn decade, you could say, OK, well, you know what? I feel like I can take them on their word at that. Or, you know, maybe they figured it was 25 years and they just accidentally got the numbers wrong. The point is, is that it's at least 10. Carbon tax gets glam up. We've been talking about this, a name change coming. The federal government is rebranding the carbon tax rebate, previously known as the climate action incentive payment. The liberals are now calling it. The Canada carbon rebate. Don't worry. No adjustments to actually how the federal fuel charge system and corresponding refund actually works is changing. It's all the same bloody thing. If I was going to do an access to information, I would reach out and I would ask how much money they spent on market analysis to come up with this new name. A lot. Because this isn't, this is a very partisan thing. All right. The the name of the specific implementation reflects only on the party that brought it out. So this is so incredibly partisan. This is this is something that should literally come out of the party coffers and not the general taxpayer funds. All right. Secondly, you can't really put lipstick on a pig. You can't just be like, it's not a hole in my wallet. It's an empty space where money used to be. It's still the same fucking thing. Perceived government overreach. In quotes. Mm -hmm. Our friend, uh, Mr. Chuck Prodnick. Uh, the loosely knit collective, the vocally opposed COVID-19 health measures has morphed into a movement waging a broader fight against perceived government overreach, can the spy agency said. That's a global news uh, headline story. Mm -hmm. And then Chuck said, in quotes, uh, this is coming from Mosley, violated the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. In his ruling, Justice Richard Mosley said the move was unreasonable and outside the scope of the law. That was January 23rd, Ooh. 2024. And Chuck has pointed out, or better named, overreach. Okay, overreach. so th this is great. So 
um, something that's unreasonable and outside the scope of the law is now just perceived overreach. So, so that woman who shot her ex-boyfriend in the head, that was just perceived overreach by this exact same definition. Oh, she broke the law. No, 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 no. That's not what we call it. It's, it's a regular immigrants, not illegal immigrants. It's the same shit. This is this is this is basically the carbon tax rebranding. It worked out well that we had them back to back. Because this is it's yeah. <laughs> RCMP investigation falls apart after seizing more than 30 million worth of drugs, cash, and weapons. Three years ago, Victoria police congratulated themselves on arrests of three men they called members of an organized fentanyl trafficking ring. One of them a paroled murderer. One of them, what 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 was it earlier? One of them, someone who's who's experienced death what is it experience oh experience taking another's life taking another's life that's right this rcmp investigation did not just fall apart it fell apart like shit in your hands and i'm kind of an expert on that now (laughs) they i I don't even you know you just tell a story i don't even want to i don't even want to read this like okay just mumbo jumble it just says it fell apart because they 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 were investigating and then they realized that the guy that they had investigating the investigation was getting investigated and that he got charged. And so they started a new investigation afterwards and didn't tell the judge that they'd done that. So who watches the watchman, right? And so they had a guy who was being investigated, doing the investigation. And because of that, it was seen as a bit of conflict of interest because they're like, well, I don't know. Did he plant any of this? Is all of it legitimate? It's interesting, though. I'll point out. Look at how incredibly different this picture is compared to, say, for example, let's go Coots weapons. Images. Look at that picture and compare it to that picture. Different twos. Yeah. Yeah. There's just one of these things is not like the others. Needless to say, a whole giant drug bus got up. $30 million worth of drugs. They're gone. They gone. They gone. And the people who did it, they gone too. They all go. They all out. They actually had a silencer on one of those things. There's a 1911 looking um, pistol on the right hand side and what looks like a silencer beside it, which is funny because anybody who's actually used one in real life, which you shouldn't because they're illegal, uh, will tell you that (laughs) they are ineffectual at best. They they're basically just okay for doing a little bit of target shooting and not having to worry so much about ear protection. And that's it. Two-year arrestiversary. There you go. Tamara Leach, she's filing a lawsuit against King Charles of the UK. She's uh, she's going to be, uh, well, we'll see where that goes. So her, I think, and Chris are looking for $2 million? The lawsuit for damages has been launched against the Trudeau government. It actually says on it, too, it's, it's her and her husband, Tamara Leach and Dwayne oh. Leach. Okay, but I think Chris is looking for some as well. I would say that they should all be going for ten and a half million each. 
ten and a half million. That's what yep. uh, got awarded a while back. Is that what you're pointing to? That's the Omar Cotter number. Well, in that case, I say go for more. That's, no, I that's... just the point is get exactly ten point five million. And then if Trudeau's like, what do I care? It's not my money. I'll give you seventeen million. Nope, I want ten point five. Yeah. Edmonton? It's all about sending a message. a message. What is that off of? The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all it's right. the one. It's it's the one where the gay cowboy kills himself. Edmonton buses thrown under the bus. The city of Edmonton is seeking more than $82 million in damages from vehicle manufacturer Proterra in regards to a contract for electric buses. Edmonton purchased 60 battery-operated buses from California-based Proterra between February 2019 and 2021. And, of course, last year, Proterra filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Which means that them seeking $82 million in damages this late into the game means they're going to get jack shit. Correct. Because they're they're at the end of the list. So Correct. they've got the creditors and then they've got, you know, whatever else outstanding and this and that and, you know, old wages and everything else all before that that's going to come out of of the balance sheet of this company. And I don't think if they're filing for Chapter 11 a year ago that they've got $82 million in spare cash just sitting around. So this is an exercise in futility which is a lot like what the electric buses were. I was going to read more, but I think we've beat that one. Okay. Look, but also it doesn't stop other places from continuing to do this shit. We've, we talked about it in Ontario. We talked about it in Regina. Heck, Learn from the mistakes here, here, of other here people, in, guys. Learn here, from the mistakes of other people. Here in Lloydminster, they're talking, uh, you know, a thing that's been talked about for the last decade, maybe longer, probably longer, has been public transit. And buses have been brought up a lot. I'm like... Well, there is no public transit in Lloyd. There isn't. And so, I mean, even if you had a few handy buses doing a couple laps, it'd probably help out a few people here and there. Yeah, they have not-for-profits doing a lot of great work. Isn't it great when organizations can just take care of stuff on their own? Mm. Liberal application of taxpayer funds. Oh, this is this is Franco. Here we'll we'll uh we'll pull up Franco right here. Okay. Franco, friend of the show, he was on a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He says feds give firm with less than a handful of employees 140 con contracts with worth 250 million since 2015. What commission did they charge taxpayers question mark? Meanwhile, feds hired 98,000 new bureaucrat bureaucrats. You're telling me this is still uh, uh, Franco. You're telling me those two, uh, two of those new 98,000 bureaucrats couldn't figure out how to staff an IT project. He's quite, I'm he's, guessing probably they couldn't because they don't exactly hire for quality. So in their defense, maybe that's a little bit justified. But yeah, this this whole arrive can thing just keeps blowing up and getting worse. That that company, uh, Blacklocks reported last week that all contracts with them and the government have been suspended pending an investigation. No shit. Not not to give Blacklocks any, but like seriously, this is when you guys are actually going to suspend this stuff. Not after you've spent a quarter billion dollars on a place that doesn't even have an office. Fuck. And then the plebit yeah. said uh, the dirtiest part of the arrive can scandal is how our government used our tax dollars for paid bots to boost the re reviews of their unpopular app. 
most popular app in Canada during COVID bullshit. If you remember that, it had like five. We covered views. it. We covered it. In, we did in an early match. And he throws he throws uh, some uh, over to re- real Andy Lee, of course. Andy Lee, friend of the show as well. So there, there you have it. It, and it shows so, him paying app yeah. bot, app bot. And uh, AppBot is a review and ratings tools to level up your whole customer experience. So there you go. Yeah. Were- so when we were saying, isn't it weird that the most popular, highest rated app on the entire Google Play Store is the Arrive Can app? Does that not sound a little suspicious? Nothing, nothing well, to see here. Apparently, nothing to see. When the paperwork finally gets released, it turns out it was all bullshit. Google Maps has attack satellites now i'm going to show the video i assume you want me to show the video this is in british columbia google earth captured striking images here how about this i'm gonna go to google this is google maps right now okay Okay. there you go zoom right out all right and if i zoom right in around prince george and keep zooming in and zooming in and zooming in sean can you read what someone wrote in their lawn for us, presumably with piss. <laughs> it says, fuck you, Trudeau. It says, fuck you, Trudeau. So Some... somebody wrote it in big enough letters to be picked up from Google, Google Maps satellites, and it's on Google Maps now. So you can go to the corner of Fraser Road and Beaver Road in Prince George, B.C., and it's... And it says, fuck you, Trudeau. Now, if they were going to do it again, I'd say they should give it a right-hand turn. I don't know how to... I don't know if I can rotate within it. But there it is. It's fuck you, Trudeau. Sing and Trudeau on the And Stevie B says it's sick. I'm inclined to agree. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh says his party's deal to support the Trudeau liberals is ending on March 1st if a pharmacare bill isn't passed. Quoted, if they break their promise, their agreement no longer exists, said Singh. <laughs> the broke fucking party that can barely hard afford to hold elections, that has no decent ideas, that's basically doing a bunch of grandstanding, that will never, ever in the history of Confederation ever have as much power as they have right now, is going to force an early election if they don't get what they want. Bull fucking shit. Not to mention the fact that they're shit negotiators. So you don't think March 1st comes and they they walk away? They said the same thing about January. Can we take that to the bank? They said the same thing. They said, if we don't have this by the end of the year. I know, but he talked to it in the video. He said, you know, we we, we gave him this first one and they, they, you know, we extended it. And so the guy says, are you walking away? He says, we're walking away. You calling Jack Mead a liar? Yes. Yes, I am. I absolutely fucking am. The guy and an idiot. We'll be paying attention on this side, folks. I'm excited. Community events? Okay. Or do you okay. want happy, happy news? news? Happy news. Happy news. Happy news. Happy news. We did not have an article for like the first time in five weeks in a row. We did not have an article about somebody dying in an emergency room in Canada. We didn't. Yeah. Things are turning around, Sean. Are things looking up in Canada? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. That's positive. I'll give yeah. you that. Um, community events. 
let's start here. 12th annual PBR Marwayne Arena, April 12th, 2024. And June 22nd, they got Aaron Goodvin and Garrett Gregory. Uh, Tickets on sale in a couple weeks. Yes, correct. Um, but watch for it. We got uh, we got first first people to hear. Okay, April twenty seventh, SMP presents is back. Armstrong, Luongo, Craner, more to come. We're doing a one day conference here in Lloydminster. SMP presents. Okay, so uh, you're hearing about it on the mashup. Oh, I was actually going to mention Craner uh, when we did our first story about how the news agencies are no longer to be trusted because he would talk about how people, you know, in Russia would just see the the Pravda and they just wouldn't even take it seriously anymore because nothing they could see they would actually believe. And uh, a recent study showed that in Canada, there's a uh, 13% trust in media. Hmm. 13%? 13% of people are still so goddamn dumb that they believe what the media tells them unquestioningly. We got to change. We we want to. Okay. Okay. So S and P presents back April 27th, Armstrong, Luongo, Craner, more to come. Okay. Along with tickets where you can get them, et cetera. They're not released yet, but put that in your Stay calendar. Tuned. We got uh, the PBR and then Goodwin, uh, Goodwin, Goodvin and Gregory in, uh, in June 22nd in Marwayne. We have uh, a change of schedule coming up for the matchup. Next couple of weeks, you're going to be a little bit different than whatever most people have been uh, seeing. This coming week uh, on Sunday, we're going to be on the 25th. We're going to be recording at 2 p.m. We're going to be live streaming. So it's going to be a Sunday afternoon mashup. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy is going on holidays, and uh, uh, which means we had to adjust when we record it. And mm-hmm. two... On on uh, the following mashup, mashup ninety six. Okay, hold on to your hold on to your caps here. Okay, folks, everybody watching. Yep. Here we go. There you go. That's that's what's coming. That's what's coming. Yeah. Mashup so we 96. got a bl- brief flash of who knows what really. Who who could even say? If only there was some way that you could just instantly freeze. If they want to go saying. back and pause, they can. They can. All I'm yeah. saying is mashup ninety six for the first Big time reveal. in. In its history of the mashup, we will have a different person guest co-hosting. One of and, us uh, missing. And unless I'm mistaken, it'll be the first show on the Sean Newman podcast to not have Sean Newman on it at all. Correct. I will not be there. I will be I will be with my wife on vacation and I'm taking a week away from everything. Uh that doesn't and mean I'm, to say the show's I'm guessing I'm, I'm guessing it's gonna go so well that we're just going to tell you to never come back. What happens if that happens? That'd be wild. People are just like, don't come back. Like, <laughs> yeah. Huh? Sean, Sean, you had a great run. Had a great run. But uh, yeah, we, we got somebody else running things now. <laughs> just like Sean. crap. We'll just, we'll hang up your jersey. <laughs> Mashup 96 will go down in infamy. Anyways, there you go. Okay, all right. And then uh Canadian Voices Showcase March 9th in It's sold out. It's sold out. You're okay, talking well, never mind then. You're talking uh you're talking um Chris uh Chris Barber and 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 Tamara Leach, Shadow Davis. That show I okay. just saw that it's sold out. Okay, well, we were going to buy a couple tickets and then do a giveaway. So. Yeah, and it's all I sold guess out. hey, that worked out well cuz now we don't have to spend money on it. Yeah, yeah, it's sold out. So, uh Chris Barber, Tamara Leach fundraiser going on there. Tamara Leach's band's going to be playing. It's sold out. Yeah, super cool for him. They they uh yeah, really cool for him, honestly. 
All right. Okay. Well, oh, and uh, starting April 1st, you're going to see more episodes on my 222 cents. Or there you go. On or around April 1st. And and close to that time, folks, we're going to slowly transition this from a, a Monday night recording. Um, we had a lot of feedback, actually, after we announced this. I okay, good. Mentioned Maybe that. you could have told me that. At yeah, some lots point. of people. What did we get for feedback? Lots of people looking forward to it being at an earlier time. So okay. we're looking at Thursday afternoons. I, no, Friday afternoons, Thursday afternoons. Have we decided this yet? Mm. My boss hasn't decided yet. Fair enough. And so then, we're looking at a late week uh, mashup Thursday in the afternoon Friday, live stream, and then it be released uh, soon after on the podcast. So um, there you have it. We're, okay. There's lots of things moving and shaking. All right. Um, Zane Southgate jumped in with uh, William Mack is at Canadians for Truth, 16th March, live in Calgary. I got a lot of time for Dr. William Mack. Oh, yeah. 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 Who who sent him in your direction again? Can't remember. It was me. Can't remember. It was me. Oh, it was it was Tuz. Yeah. You know what's funny? Tuz likes to take credit for a lot of fo- things, folks. I don't know. I don't know. You know? Not so sure. That's gonna do it for ninety-four. This guy back there, old Ryan Smith. Oh, it's just so sad. I'm being traded. They I'm don't dead. love me anymore. Mashup ninety six. There you go. Pause your screen. Maybe go back. See what's coming. It's going to be a lot of fun. Folks, we'll catch up to you next week on uh, number 95. Till then. See you guys.